Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I am here to talk about my own catalyst for creating pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And I'm doing it on the week of Cade's birthday. He turned nine this week. And that just feels like a really shocking age to me because it's halfway to 18. And I can't wrap my head around the fact that I have a nine-year-old and that for nine years now, I have considered myself a pregnant and postpartum athlete twice. And it was the catalyst, his birth experience, how I trained during his pregnancy, what the postpartum recovery process was like for me, all has acted as a catalyst for every single program and resource and post and everything I've done with this business. It straight up would not exist without him. And I felt like I should share a podcast around what that actually looked like and how it became a catalyst. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, how'd you start coaching this population? And to be honest, I had no interest in ever coaching like in the pre and postnatal space ever. But because I had my own eye-opening experience, it really showed me the disconnect and disservice that the fitness industry and many practitioners in the medical community you know, just there's just such a disservice back then, nine years ago. And frankly, there's still such gaps missing. And we have so many people that still experience the same things I did. The feelings of, I wish I would have known. Why didn't anybody tell me? I didn't have the right help or the resources. Or maybe if they did have them, they wouldn't have listened to them anyway, which is also probably what I would have been like nine years ago as a pregnant athlete for the first time. And it really took experiencing his pregnancy and birth and postpartum recovery to see, you know, the need that we have, that I wasn't alone in feeling the ways that I did. And then we needed better information than the generic stuff, which never resonated. I was not going to be told to not lift over 25 pounds But then the more extreme end of that spectrum of just do what you've always done, listen to your body, that was like super dismissive, right? And yet, if you're an athlete, you're going to gravitate towards that and act like you know better because we do know our bodies really well. And our bodies change a lot during pregnancy and require a lot of strategic, requires a significant strategic approach postpartum. And that is what. I had to kind of learn the hard way with Cade and then it just ended up creating a whole, a whole world of 
info and ultimately a business and now a company that has been built because of his birth experience. So when I was pregnant with him, I was 27, I think somewhere around there. Funny how like you just forget these things, but I was, I think I was about 27, 26, 27. And I had been an athlete my whole life and was very involved in CrossFit back then, um, had kind of stopped doing CrossFit before getting pregnant and just kind of did my own thing. I'm a career strength conditioning coach. So I always liked to be in charge of my own programming, which was very similar, honestly, to like what it is now, maybe a little bit more CrossFit-y. And back then the information was just like, you're a badass, like train for birth, and then you're going to bounce right back. And that just resonated with me. That's honestly what I wanted to hear. And so it fed my ego and fed what I felt like was the right thing to do. And so I did, I really didn't make a ton of adjustments to my training. It was more so about proving something to myself. And then the applause that you get from others when you're training during pregnancy, it's, there is a glorification behind being a pregnant athlete for so many people. And it feels good. It feeds our ego when we're kind of in a season of so much change where we don't feel like super, maybe we don't feel as badass in our body. So we're going to do whatever we can to feel badass, right? Because our, our training has, or maybe we're just not doing everything like we normally would want to do. So that was the messaging and the, you know, just the approach I had to everything back then was I really just thought I was exempt. And frankly, I had no idea what I was even exempt from because diastasis was not so mainstream pelvic floor certainly wasn't. I didn't really even know like what that was beyond just like very, very basics. There was no mention of corn pelvic health symptoms. There was no mention of literally, frankly, anything that I talk about in business that just did not exist at all. The only thing that existed was very generic, unrelatable pre and postnatal kind of like lame exercise and recommendations that just for me, that just didn't register. Or there was that glorification culture of like, ooh, just share my post to show like what a badass I am at 33 weeks. Like it was like that vibe, right? Um, but again, no mention of so many of the common experiences and things that athletes need to do to approach their training during pregnancy and postpartum. There just wasn't any mention of that. So there was no, there was a sentiment of I wish I would have known, but also there was no real way to learn that because anything about core and pelvic health was still very much through the lens of like clinical instead of being applied to fitness or being applied to like performance in a lot of ways and just kind of anything athletic like that just wasn't, um, it just wasn't a thing. And I share that because we have come so, so far in a very short amount of time. And, you know, I've worked really hard to do that. And also it's been just really incredible to see that, that culture shift in, the approach that people are having to training during pregnancy and postpartum. And then there's the availability of information now, like we are getting to a point where less and less people are going to be able to say, I wish I would have known, or why didn't anyone tell me? Because now this information is super accessible. It is kind of like in your face in a lot of ways, especially with social media. And so that feels really good that we have made that much progress where we can kind of joke about the pendulum swing because at least there's a pendulum now, right? Um, so his birth, I trained like that during pregnancy, just really kind of ego-led training, 
pushing my own boundaries. I've talked about this before, but in case you haven't heard it, like I had a squat set that I wanted to keep doing that I tried to maintain. And I did maintain through his pregnancy, which was like doing five by five back squats at 155 pounds, which wasn't heavy for me, but it's still 155 pounds against gravity and on a very large belly. So that was a lot of strain for my core and on my pelvic floor. And, but I didn't know that like, it just, I really thought it was just more of a measure of strength and being able to maintain that strength through pregnancy, same with like box jumps and pull-ups and all that stuff. I just wanted to be able to maintain that again for my own ego and also thinking that it would help me postpartum. And then I had the thought, the desire to have a natural birth and didn't want to have any intervention. So I was planning to have the birth in a hospital, but I just was like really adamant with my birth plan and did not, I thought that like, because I was so healthy and fit and because I like knew my body so well that I, obviously you just had to be strong enough to have a natural birth, right? Like that was this narrative is like, oh, I can be a badass. Like I know how to do this. I'm good. And then motherhood has a way of totally humbling you, right? Like at different times for different reasons. And that started really early on for me when I went into labor um, with Cade. I was in labor for a really long time, like 30 something hours. And I ended up needing an emergency C-section after being like not dilating past seven centimeters, heart rates were dropping. We were both not in a really good healthy position. So they needed to get him out right away. And his birth was really traumatic. It was really traumatic. And, and I, I just was so overwhelmed with what had just happened. I was so exhausted. Um, and I just felt like such a failure and I felt stupid. I just felt like, God, here I am like showing how I'm training. I have, and I've been so vocal about what I wanted. And of course I ended up with a C-section and it just made me feel like I wasn't like as healthy or as good, or now like my baby's not going to be as healthy because I had the C-section. There was so much dogmatic information at that time being peddled around and still, right. And that's just, it's not just eight years ago, nine years ago, it's still, um, but that I wasn't fit enough for birth, that my body had failed me. And this was a really extreme narrative that I had because I was so rigid in what I wanted and how I had trained and what I wanted that birth process to look like. And then afterwards, it just, I felt like I got hit by a truck, like birth or labor was hard enough, but then it was the mental load of like, what does this mean for me now? And even like, what does it mean for my identity? Not that I could have um, put words to that really at the time, but that's what it, it really was, was it was such a, a hit to my ego in many, many ways. And then um, like breastfeeding Kate was hard. It like, that was another thing that I thought would just come naturally. And it was a freaking struggle and he cried and he cried and it just seemed like I was failing everywhere. Like I was, I had failed with how I trained during pregnancy, which I also like, didn't really quite know yet. I was kind of holding on to like that version of myself. Um, but then I like failed at having the birth I wanted and now breastfeeding was really hard. And I had this baby who wasn't content. I couldn't not that it was really my thing anyway, but like, even if I wanted to go to a breastfeeding support group, I was going to be the mom there who had the crying baby. And I just felt way too overwhelmed 
way too overwhelmed to put myself in any of those kind of environments. Um, he was a big baby at birth. He was like just about 10 pounds. But then because he was having troubles breastfeeding, um, he was losing a lot of weight. So there was just so much stress around what my body was not doing for me. And then the information I was seeking out was still pretty dogmatic. It was like, you know, just heavily focused on continuing to breastfeed. I mean, I remember one person said, well, it's okay that you had a C-section. Like those things happen sometimes, but don't worry. Your next birth, you can go for a V-back. And it was just like so dismissive of um, how I felt in those moments. It was like, I can't even, I don't even, I can't even imagine having a second baby right now. I don't even know if I want to after what I had been through um, with those early months postpartum. And it just felt really, really hard. And the one thing I kind of clung to was, well, if I feel like shit, at least I can try to use exercise and getting my body back and looking smaller again to help sort through some of this. Like I needed something to feel familiar. I needed some kind of outlet. But when your outlet is kind of fueled by depression, anxiety, avoidance, trauma, I mean, it backfires eventually. It just does. And you can't always see that in the moment. You just can't. But it took, I know it wasn't until I was probably nine or 10 months postpartum. I was very small. Like I had lost quite a bit of weight, um, was exercising quite a bit. And I realized like, okay, this isn't just like body fat or skin anymore. There's something like wrong with my abs. They don't look normal. What's up with my belly button? Everything just looks weird and dented and um, like separated. What is this? Again, diastasis was not on the radar of social media or anything at that time. So it just felt like, what the hell? Well, and if I exercise more, if I lose more fat, maybe then I'll look more normal. That just wasn't the case anymore. So that just led to a really long neurotic process of trying to figure out like, what the hell is wrong with me? Why do, why does my abs, why do they look different? And why do they feel different? I thought if I worked out through pregnancy and then worked out postpartum that I would just, you know, not look like a mom. That's really my thought process. And, um, it, it really did just take like a stupid amount of Googling and research. And I went to different doctors trying to figure out like, what is, so what's going on here? Because pelvic floor physical therapists were not on the radar at all. Like I had no idea that was a profession. And again, like I had worked in the fitness industry, strength conditioning around really smart people for a long time. I was not on my radar at all. And I mean, I realized like I had one doctor say, well, you know, you just have an umbilical hernia and then like we can repair that. And then your abs should look normal again. Your belly button will look normal again. So I opted to have surgery um, at about a year postpartum to have the hernia fixed. And I know now that it was a relatively small hernia and it likely did not need surgery, but I didn't know that back then. And again, there was nobody who was around to give me guidance to know any differently back then. I just really trusted what that doctor had said and like, okay, well, this is what's going to help me look and have like security, I guess, around my body. And look, <laughs> we can, I can sit here all day and say like, no surgery will give you, we'll give you that. Right. Like there's, it's a whole, it's a whole process. But at the time I really thought like, well, this will be what, like what fixes it for me. Uh, so I had umbilical hernia surgery and then it was shortly after surgery, 
that I started, like I was kind of continuing to research and I realized like, you know what? No, I think I actually have a diastasis. And like my separation was pretty significant. Like I had a really flat stomach and not a lot of, um, not that much loose skin, but my diastasis was at least eight centimeters separated. So I could be really lean and have abs, but also had a significant diastasis. And I mean, that just led to a whole, um, hyper-focused season for me of researching everything I could about, about diastasis. And fortunately I had connected with a couple different colleagues in the fitness industry and just started getting referred to different people who could kind of help me connect the dots. So I took inventory on core and pelvic health concepts and I took inventory on, you know, everything I knew about strength conditioning research and what we had in those principles and just sort of mapped all of that and trying to connect as many dots as possible to know like, okay, how do we go about improving this? How do I go about like what contributes to this and what, and like, okay, not just contributes, but what happens after and what do we do about it? So I went through my own like significant rehab process and it took, I was about two years postpartum when I was able to say like, I had healed to the point where you say like, I'm healed enough, right? Cause healed doesn't necessarily mean uh, perfectly healed diastasis, like approximated abs or like perfect tension, but it just gets to the point where it's like, you know, like this is good enough is good enough. And I mean, that's a whole other topic to talk about sometime. Um, but it was just such a, a season of constant overwhelm, like two years of true overwhelm of with my body and with learning to be a mom and learning um, what my identity was like as an athlete. And frankly, realizing just how negligent a lot of my advice had been as a coach and my example that I had set. And so I just started sharing a lot on social media about everything I had learned and what I, you know, had wish I would have done differently. And I shared a lot of those sentiments. And over time, people kept saying, me too, like me too. I felt like that too. And gosh, that information, that dogmatic like sentiment really got to me too. And, you know, so much of it just fueled postpartum depression. It fueled the anxiety and that need to just like, I want to fix my body. I want to fix my brain. I want to fix my, my baby who I feel like I just can't make happy. Like there was so much desperation to just feel normal again. But it wasn't until I could focus on what can I do right now? How can I move forward under new circumstances, a new body, a new life, a new baby, a new routine to find happiness and to be like, okay, right? I just want, I remember saying like, I just want to feel okay again. And I know that sentiment comes up for many of us through many seasons of our life for many different reasons. Um, but that was my first real experience with like losing myself, rediscovering myself, um, evolving a whole identity. And then that deep desire to do something about that because I wanted to make it right. And I couldn't make it right in a lot of ways, but I really wanted to do whatever I could. And when I started getting others saying like, yeah, me too. Um, and I kind of was able to get to a better place with my mental health and Kate had gotten a little bit older. I just had a better feel for him as a baby. Um, and I like to touch on the breast breastfeeding point. Again, I was so 
so athlete brain, so stubborn that I was unwilling to supplement with formula because I felt like it was the one thing that I could like maybe had had a chance of like not failing yet, right? Like I just felt like, okay, I have to be able to breastfeed because I can't give in to giving him formula because uh, then that's just another way for me to have failed him and have failed my own expectations. I wish I would have supplemented. I think it would have helped my mental health tremendously. It probably would have helped his temperament tremendously, but that was not anything I had. Um, I just was unwilling at that point in time. So, you know, this, this all just kind of kicked off everything that my business is now, right? It, it acknowledges so much of the identity and athlete brain and mindset and things that motivate our training, motivate our decision-making and help us. And, you know, things that we've just attached ourselves to with so much rigidity where, you know, we are used to kind of relying on our ego for everything instead of knowing how to leverage our ego. And it was through being pregnant with Cade and the experiences with him as a brand new mom that I realized like, God, my ego is not serving me. It is freaking kicking my ass over and over and over. When am I going to learn? And it literally took about two years for me to learn, to really get to a place where I was rediscovering who I was becoming instead of who I was. And then I, I was really afraid to have another baby again because I had done so much inner work and outer work, frankly, to heal my body and heal my brain and get to a place where I felt somewhat stable in motherhood. Like it was just really overwhelming to think about going through that process again with all of the unpredictability that comes with pregnancy and the birth process and postpartum. And I can talk about Chance's birth. I'll do that around his birthday in August. Um, I mean, that was 100% a different experience because I was a different woman. I was a different mom. I was a different coach. I was a different athlete. And it was such a better experience because of the changes I had made to how I entered that season and what I did during that season. And I wouldn't, and it really took a long time to say this, but I wouldn't trade anything about the experience I had with Kate because I needed that. Like I, in order to have the business that has the impact that it has now, that personal experience that drove and still drives a lot of this messaging that created this messaging and these relatable resources and relatable programs, like is because of what I went through with Kate and all the lessons that he has taught me and his little force of a spirit. Like he is such a unique, special kid that like, man, I will always be grateful for those really hard to learn lessons. Um, because everything I've created with the coach cert, with the pregnancy program, with the postpartum program, um, everything, the messaging that I have all over social media for the past almost nine years, it's through my own becoming. And that inspiration comes from, I get you because I freaking am you. I am you. I have walked through this process for years now and through, you know, indifferently with my second pregnancy and then my first, but I understand how you feel and what you're going through because I've gone through it and I have some perspective to offer, not just as a coach, but as a mom and as an athlete, like I can really, I can go there in all the different ways. Um, and I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity 
to go through something like that because it has helped so many others avoid that or know how to navigate through it and know that there's a lot of hope and help on the other side. And they're not going to have to spend as long as I did trying to find trustworthy help and resources. You know, we've totally changed the culture and the narrative and what's available to people. And it's because that little boy was born nine years ago. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, you know, like, trust me, I'm like so far, I've, I've made so many, so many painful, painful mistakes. And I tend to like to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Um, and on the other side of learning the hard way is a lot of hope and a lot of strategy and a lot of ways to help other people and to, you know, have a lot of really positive influence through your own different phases of rock bottom. <laughs> and this could be talked about in so many different ways, but for me, that's, that's how, what was the catalyst for this business is, is Cade. And now he's nine and so much of who he was as a baby has just made so much more sense as the years have gone on. I'm like, Oh my God, you are like, he's just this fiercely competitive, energetic, like so charming, um, little leader. Like he's just a ball of energy and it is so freaking fun to be his mom. Uh, I just, God, I just like love that kid so much because he is, he is just such a reflection of like every, like I see myself in him. I see Jared in him. I see the best of both of us. I see the most challenging things of both of us. Um, but he will change the world. I, I just absolutely know it. Like he is a special soul, a very special spirit. He has been from the moment I went into labor with him. And I, I just like, I know every mom kind of feels like that, but I just intuitively know like he is, he is something special and it is seeing him grow up and be turned nine years old. Like so much of who he was as a baby and as a toddler just shines and it makes sense. And it is perfect. It is perfect. He is, I God, he tests every ounce of my sanity and probably his teacher sanities, but, um, you know, he really, he's, he's a kid that does a really great job with so many different things. And I feel really honored to be his mom and what we've been able to, we've been able to grow up together. I tell him that he is my coach. Like we've, I've jokingly called him like coach Cade for a long time. Um, I tell him, you know, and like, he's like, I don't want to do that. Like when I ask him to get me something, I'm like, look, I grew you in my body. Then you broke my abs. And then I had to have surgery. And <laughs> then I fed you with my boobs for a year. So like you can go clean up your plate or whatever it might be. Right. Because there's just so much sacrifice that goes into those early, like the year of pregnancy and that first year postpartum in particular, where you are so needed. And he was such an extra needy little kid that it's just funny seeing that grow up into being a nine-year-old who is athletic at everything he does, who is charming constantly, who um, is just so pure, like he's so freaking pure. And it's been really fun to see his growth and to grow up with him. And I just wanted to share that backstory kind of to honor where it started and where, where it's been, where it's going and um, express some gratitude and also just share that 
you know, I didn't get into this field because I thought that working with pregnant and postpartum people was going to be super, like, was anything that I would ever feel called to do? I didn't. It wasn't until I became the pregnant and postpartum athlete and became the coach who was working with this population. And, you know, his process became that catalyst for everything that's been created for the thousands and thousands of athletes I've coached for the thousands and thousands of coaches who have gone through the coach cert, like all of it started and was initiated because of his birth and the, the processes and experiences that followed. And I am so grateful. So if you're listening to this episode and you've had your ass kicked by one or many of your kids and through this process of an identity shift, physical or aesthetic shifts, mental changes. Um, there is a lot of light and hope on the other side. And there are resources to help if you are looking for resources on any of the things we've talked about today. I'd be happy to direct you, whether it's to what I have or um, somebody I can refer you to. You are not alone. I'm so grateful that you're here and that you listened to this podcast just to have a little bit more of a backstory of where this actually started because I never thought I'd be working with this population or care at all. And now it is it is a huge part of me. And um, like I said, I get you because I am you and we're all going to continue to grow up together. And I, I'm really appreciative of having this network of like-minded and like-hearted and um, people who have so many similar interests and are navigating these seasons together. So... Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.